Fusion. Your your theme song thing you got going now. It's all do, do, do. I'm like, oh, do, do. Well, I was trying to keep the theme of the low end. I did. I did delete the chant. Um, yeah, I was like, this is weird. I don't know. Why <laughs> I was just here. trying to pick low uh, end. Uh, <laughs> well, you kind of boxed me in with the. So I was trying to come up with low end. You can always cut that out. Wait, you know. is that really setting the. Yes. <laughs> the tone? No. Yes, why? Aaron being goofy sets the tone. I it was throughout all other recordings. <laughs> I can't cut that much out. We'd have like 15 seconds, which would make you happy, probably. <laughs> Dude, it's podcast. that. Okay, good morning. Mike is in the house. I'm in the house. Mike's on the the table. Your group, you know, was something different on Sunday. (laughs) A little bit. And then Mike's meets tonight. And did your group? We meet. No, we meet Sunday. We meet every other week. (laughs) So mine last night was a lot of fun. I sat down and the first thing is someone looks at me and he goes, I got some questions. We spent most of the time not even talking about questions in the paper. Uh, but actually talking about different questions surrounding election and mm-hmm. things like that. And it's interesting to hear what people think I said, because there's this weird hybrid that kind of came along with stuff. So it, it like was what, inter- what, what was a hybrid? I think that's how Jesus feels oftentimes. <laughs> uh, so, so we had someone talking about God's choosing and then moving to, so when we choose this, you know, it's because I'm like, that's that's not what I said. In in the remonstrance, there's this thing called prevenient grace, and prevenient grace is when God opens us up, and then we get the choice. Balances the scale. Yeah, yeah, balances the scale. Like puts his finger on it just enough. It's it's the old Armenian thing where God reaches down this far, mm-hmm. and you've got to reach up and grab His hand. And that, that was kind of where this person went, thinking he was agreeing with everything I said. <laughs> I'm just like, that is not what I said, man. But it's okay. You know, it's open-handed. And then there's a bunch of questions about the flashlight. And I'm like, it's just an analogy. The you know, flashlight. The, yeah, God shines the light because, you know, we're the ones in the dark and God shines the light in the dark. And there is this feeling. I thought you meant Jesus lost in the woods. Well, that too, <laughs> But, you know, and God, God shines his light into our lives. And for a lot of people, it feels like I found Jesus because there he is. I latched on to him. But it's God, re- you know, revealing himself in that light. And there's so many different ways we can go with it. This has been argued for centuries at this point. And in the end, it doesn't necessarily matter to our salvation. It's they're fun to talk about. I think it leads us to a place of great security in who Christ is. Someone even brought up this thing about, well, you know, then if if people go to hell and I say, oh, okay, this, we're getting into the realm of what's called double predestination. <laughs> and, and then I got to explain what that means. Mm-hmm. And, and just there's all these things that come along with it, all these words that we placed on top of it. And we got to be careful not to get lost in the rabbit hole because we will start to lose sight of the grace of Christ. So I sent out the uh, picture of the front of the uh, notes Mm -hmm. and said, if you have any questions that you write down, send them to me. And that's what we'll, along with whatever else we discuss in our notes that we'll do. So we got half a dozen questions back. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that would probably be the focus of our evening. Yeah. Yeah. Are they all along the same lines or are they pretty varied? They were pretty varied. Okay. That's cool. Some among the issue of free choice, free will, 
some on the issue of prayer. Do we bother praying for people who are lost? Mm-hmm. Again, it goes back to the prayer series, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, there's questions on. I deal with that next week. Next week. I deal with it next week. Yeah. Where, I, where I say, you know, the purpose of prayer isn't to change God. It's it's relationship. It's growing. It's It's learning how we trust him. So we pray about everything, but it's not... It's not there to change God. And sometimes that's how we view it. I'm putting my request before the chef and hopefully he makes what I wanted for dinner. It's instead, I want to build the relationship. It's not just trying to get from God. It is, let me grow in relationship with you. So week, week three, now we're going to step in and we're going to do the middle section of verses. So essentially verses three through 10. So one of the things that, that Paul talks about that I will spend the majority of our time speaking about is the mysteries, the, the what God does in revealing a mystery. And then I'm going to go into why does God reveal the mystery the way that he does? And I will give four points in that, that God reveals the mystery so we would understand redemption and salvation is centered in his mercy. Secondly, that we would understand what it means to be sanctified and what God does in that work. Third, so we would understand our adoption, because these are all things that Paul talks about in the verses. And fourth, that we would praise him for his mercy and grace. He reveals the mystery the way that he does, something that for millennia, you know, the, the Jews are reading, they're not understanding. And so now it comes to the full revelation in the person of Christ. So because we now get to understand what God is doing revealed in the person of Christ, not that we even fully understand all the pieces, hashtag election, but that we could come to a place of realizing that everything God was ever doing is coming to culmination in the person of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And one of the things I'm going to do at the very end is I will say, how do we ever know what God's love is like? How can we ever have a sure footing of, know where you, of knowing where you stand with God? And that right there is in love he predestined us to adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise and glory of his grace. That's how we know where we stand. You want you want groups to focus on those four primarily. Yeah, really. I, I, I want if you're having like a your icebreaker. You know, what what things do you get caught up in? What what are mysteries that have been revealed in your life? You know, what are things that you thought were unknowable, but now you understand? Maybe as you get older, from a kid, you watch these cartoons, and it's like, oh, that's a great cartoon. You get older, and you're like. What is all this stuff they put? The Goonies. You watch The Goonies as a kid. You're like, oh, The Goonies is so fun. The Goonies is like, you get older and it's like, this is like raunchy with the jokes that they crack and stuff. But I never saw them as a kid. So there's certain things that as you get older, you you understand things differently. Not that the Bible's like that but in, <laughs> in the terms of The Goonies. But what I'm just saying is, as, as I think as we get older and in our Christianity, in our faith, in our walk with God, we start to understand things differently. And that goes back to why I I said about understanding election and not just trying to bite into it, but taking the time to let it really come about like like a Jolly Rancher candy. You put that in there, you're like going to break your teeth on it. You just take that and hold it and, you know, you, you lick around it and eventually it becomes sweet and it doesn't destroy your teeth. It, you... But it takes time. And our, do you see when we're talking about this and someone's like, well, I just, and I'm like, yeah, take your time. It's not like one day and here it is, you got all the answers. This takes time (laughs) to think through and work through the ramifications and understanding what I can be okay with right now versus 
the depth of it later. And pace yourself. Yeah, pace, your, <laughs> pace yourself. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of the understanding of of the mystery that God reveals because it, it blew the Jews' mind when Jesus came and this is the Messiah. How can this be the Messiah? He can't be the Messiah. He was crucified. God wouldn't let his Messiah be crucified. And as they spent more time thinking about it and reading the scriptures, the Apostle Paul himself comes to the place. It's like, oh, wow, this is what God was doing. Paul, I went into Arabia for like these years as I as I thought through this and processed through it. So Paul just like wasn't like, yeah. 13 years? He's like, okay, yeah. I'm done. It took Paul all this time to really process through that. It's kind of maybe arrogant on our part to think that, well, I should just understand this tomorrow. And you're not. And it's okay to take time to work through it. Maybe to start because it's open-handed and work through it to the place where you start to rest in it. Mm. I was just talking about this with someone else in a, in a different context, but I think it kind of applies here. Sometimes when we can get hung up on mysteries and just things we we so desperately want to know that we don't, I think about the road to Emmaus and I think about walking with Jesus and he chose not to reveal himself and yet he was still walking and still faithful, still maturing, even in ways when the disciples weren't aware and that brings a lot of comfort sometimes, I think, in these spaces where we want to be intellectually honest, but you don't want to go down the rabbit hole. You don't want to lose sight of the gospel. You can put it away for a time and trust yeah. that Jesus is still there and he's still working. He will reveal things when the time is right. Yeah, you know, we were talking last night. I, I mentioned the the guy with all the demons, you know, and Jesus casts the demons out and the guy's like, I'm going to go with you. And Jesus is like, go back to your town and tell them what I did for you. And and I hear this and I'm like, oh, my goodness. He's got no theological understanding. He's got no, it's just, this is what Jesus did for me. Yeah, Jesus, just give him, round him out a little bit, you know, before you just send him back a good in there. pastoral wrap up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he experienced. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but I just, I, I got a problem. Like, just like, give him a little more we knowledge. Know. <laughs> you no, know, yeah, I do. But what's our story? Our, yeah. our theology? Yes. Or is our story what God has done for us, or he's been our hero? But they can go together. And they should. <laughs> but usually the one follows the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean and and granted, I, I am sure that God's spirit continued to do a work in the guy's life to see and know. Because it's someone like that, they're not gonna be like, well, okay, they're they're gonna follow the life of Christ. You know, what, what, what did he, what's he doing now? Where is he at? Is he close to me? It's like when your favorite band comes by, I'm going to go see him. They're really close. And I'm sure whenever Jesus was close, he went and heard and saw, and he knows about the crucifixion and then was like the resurrection. He's probably like, knew it, knew it. <laughs> I think that it would be a good thing to look at how the revealed mystery shows us all of all of those things. How do you guys, and it sounds like you've experienced this a little bit with the questions in your group, but how do you guys anticipate balancing being open to people's questions, again, wanting to have people engage in an intellectually honest way, but also not departing from the message of the gospel? I think a lot of times we'll ask questions back, you know, whether to try to get a better understanding of why the question, mm -hmm. or are they trying to point out a conflict that they have or are they just being not contentious but trying to create a conversation of of debate mm -hmm. um, try to get back to places of what does it mean to them 
or how would they experience? What does it you know? What does it look like to experience what it, election? Mm-hmm. You know, if you were to believe that, or what if you don't? How does that change your relationship? Mm-hmm. So those are gospel centered, but again, let's try to get people to to reflect on um, what the truth speaks to their heart and what's the challenge of that truth to their heart. I know you're going to find this hard to believe. I do not just try, unless they're asking me directly, I try not to answer the question first. Mm. I try to let other people start to answer the question. And I don't always try and fix the answer if it's not blatantly heretical. I don't try to fix, because I want to hear what people think. And we have this guy who's growing leaps and bounds right now, and he will give an answer. It's like, oh, that's good. And then he keeps going and it just goes off the end of a cliff. But I want him to speak because I want to know what he thinks and where are the areas that he can be gospeled in to understand the greater grace of Christ, because it starts off in a grace spot and then moves off into a really kind of a, of a me having to do it thing. And so, and that's where I want to kind of keep bringing it back, but I don't just want to cut him off every time he starts to say something that isn't theologically correct because I want to help him to start to work through these things. So it, you, you take some time, you, you're in community. This isn't the last time I'm going to see him. This isn't the last time he's going to ask a question or answer somebody else's question because he's very talkative. We have time to work through these things together. And I think that we can rest knowing God is God. I don't have to be, but he does put us in situations and relationships that can help one another and open it up. I just tell him, you know, you should really ask Aaron what he thinks about that and walk away. <laughs> Here's name? his number. Oh, it's 10 o'clock. Text him. Call yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> you both had good points. Aaron, I appreciated your point of not having to address every single one all the time because I'll oftentimes I'll, I feel responsibility, right? And understanding redemption and salvation is centered on, on his mercy and, and in that, in his timing, I think it's very, um, as a good reminder for me. So thank you. It's a good reminder for me too, because I have a hard time doing it. I also try to be present and praying while someone's speaking mm-hmm. that it's like, God, I, you know, this could go down a tangent. I don't necessarily think it should or need to, but if this is something I need to address now, please give me the words to speak or please reveal to that person on their own, mm-hmm. um, that not on their own, but by your spirit and in reveal on truth. Mm-hmm. Cause it, Maybe not what I think. <laughs> I had a guy come up to me after first service and he says, so, well, first off, his wife said, he said, not to ask him any questions yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and he goes, yeah, 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 I got it. And, and so he says, so when you say we're going to be surprised at who's in heaven, do you mean more people or less people? And I'm like, more. Why would I mean less? Why would I ever mean less? Of course, we're going to be surprised with, with If it's less, more. it'd be like, I knew it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I made it and all of them did it. Which is always, that's always a question of, my, of mine. It's like, well, the whole idea of remnant theology makes it seem smaller, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. God always preserved a remnant, but it was not the mass. It was the smaller. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think the remnant, well, depending on, what side of it you fall. I think remnant theology is pointing to how God is always going to keep a remnant on the earth. I don't necessarily think that's salvation in terms of heaven. I think that's a remnant of people who are called to him, who are living on the earth when it seems like there is no one else. They remain faithful. Right. 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 And so I, I, I don't necessarily view that as in the throne of eternity. 
I think I, I view that as being here, which again, open-handed, right? I can, that, I can be completely wrong. <laughs> and you can tell me how I'm wrong. Just send your email to michael.read at ourelement.org. <laughs> I'm going to set a rule up. If, if the word remnant is in the email. Yeah. It's going to go automatically to junk. <laughs> Next week, we'll look at um, kind of all of it in context, yeah. right? I call it part three of Paul's prayer. But really, this is going to come down to putting the whole thing together. We'll be back next week for that. 